you could hack the ice and make it into this, the hidden grid. Well, we're going to hit you with about 38 minutes worth of stuff. Hopefully you will enjoy and take something out of this and use it for your own game. Now, sit back and relax. Now, for news. We're going to start with a little bit of old news, and then we're going to kick into the big news. Now, for the old news. Catalyst has released a game called Cthulhu Tech. This game was actually released at Gen Con, which is way late, I know. In addition to the way late release, the neat thing about this is, is that this game actually looks like you could hack some of these things into the Shadowrun game system. Now, I'm going to try to get my hands on a copy of this and maybe try to look at it and see if there's a neat way to incorporate some of this material into the actual game system. Now, for the big news in the world of Shadowrun, that is the closure of WizKids. Now, Catalyst Games actually has made a bid for the intellectual properties of both Shadowrun and Battletech. Now, WizKids was owned by Topper Card Company. That is the company that has actually shut them down. And that is the company that Catalyst is, I'm assuming, bidding to for these intellectual properties. Now, that being said, I'm going to be keeping my cyber ears right to the pavement on this one. And as soon as I get some information, I am definitely going to be posting this. And I will put together a special real short, maybe 5-10 minute thing about what exactly has been going on with this. Now, that is also to say, when that happens, it may be just to let you know that once the license that Catalyst actually has expires, that will probably be the end of it. And there will probably be no more Shadowrun, other than what people like myself and others are putting together and releasing for the game as free stuff on the internet. Now, I'm going to tell you guys a little story about something that's not really Shadowrun related, but it is in my own life. Now, that is that I had a wonderful St. Bernard that I had to put to sleep right before Dragon Con. Now, I told you all that I would tell you why there was no episode till after the con. That's it. Now, I know this is sad, but there is the good and happy news coming. Now... That is, is, I got a new puppy. He's a Japanese chin. His name is Goblin. My wife and I call him the Mad Shitter. So, there you go. Puppies are a happy thing. At least, living ones. Well, that is all the news that I've got, folks. So, now, we're going to take a short break. And then when we get back, we're going to jump right into the main topic today, which is going to be all about the Matrix how it can be used in the Shadowrun game, you play or GM in. Introducing DiceCast, a new podcast for gamers and about the gaming industry in general. Where we discuss topics for players and game masters alike. There will be interviews with up-and-coming writers and artists, industry veterans, as well as topics discussing freelance writing and doing freelance artwork for a marvelous industry. You can catch us at dicecast.mypodcast.com or search for Dicecast at the iTunes Music Store.
Welcome back, folks. This is going to be the player section on how you can include the matrix in your characters' interactions in the world that you're playing in. Now, first, there is AR, or augmented reality, that you... Now, what exactly can you do with this? That's not really the question. The real question is, what can't you do with it? This is the way most people actually interact with the matrix. Honestly, the only people that really use full immersion are hackers, technomancers, and riggers. That's really about it. But, what really would a Sammy need with full VR? Now, he might be using it as a method of testing a weapon that he's getting ready to buy because they've got it all specked out in the Matrix. Now, this is just a small part of what people might need to do, to do this. Now, this is a use of the Matrix and how it works in the world. It is everywhere, and that is one of the things that people need to keep in mind. AR filters out tons of junk that would be visible everywhere, like everything from spam ads to all kinds of crazy things. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the types of characters and how they interact with the Matrix. First, we're going to talk about the Samurai. Now, I use this term to mean anyone that has lots of cyber or bioware. These are also the gun bunnies, for those of you who like that term. Now, how do you interact with the Matrix? Firstly, it's a way to stay up to date on the newest weapon and cyber or bioware. The thing is, things like cyber and weapons do need to be kept soda. The way that happens is you go to the site for the weapons and or cyber. The companies will tell you what is outdated. Now that might seem a little weird, but how do you interact with the internet that we use now? Kind of the same way. That's pretty much how the matrix would work for the average person like this. Now, in addition to that, they've also got things like email, their phone service, forums, social networks, video games. Now, these are just a few of the little things that could be used. Now, we're going to look at next person, which is most of the magical character types. This is going to be everything from full mages to adepts. Now, this is general terms that we're going to be speaking and not real specifics. Now, if you've got a magical character, you could theoretically learn spell formula or ally formulas. Any of those things could be kept online. Now, they also, of course, are using them for such things as emails and phones and social networking. Those are all things that everyone uses it for. Now, magical characters would use it for a few other extra things, such as formulas, contacting and maintaining connections with other magical types. And I'm sure that you could put together some whiz-bang, really neat magical tradition that uses the Matrix as part of its ideology. And actually, I kind of like that idea. So maybe what I'll do is, when I'm done here, um, sit down and try to work something out for that. Next is Riggers. Now, Riggers are involved in the Matrix in a few different ways. Most of the time, Riggers will only interact with, and this is for vehicle Riggers, they're going to only be using AR for the most part. There will be a little bit of VR. You can use it to spec out a motor or, you know, test drive something that you're not actually in. Now, your AR would be, of course, your immersion into the 
artificial reality of not having controls. You would have virtual, what they call, arrows that you would interact with in the AR to drive your vehicle. Now, that may sound a little far-fetched, but remember, in Shadowrun, those things have existed, and they're not that far off. Now, full VR would be much more of the spiders or full-rigged systems where the guy actually, guy or girl, because you can't be sexist here, the guy or girl could in fact do what they refer to as jumping into the command seat. And in both of those cases, that's pretty much what VR is for them. Now, hackers and technomancers have a very unique role in the Matrix. Now, they would use it like everyone else for email and all of these other things, but that's how they also break into computer systems. Now, that may seem a little duh, but which one is easier to use? Is it AR or VR for that? Well, it depends on what you're trying to do. AR would, of course, be great for such things as you are already in the facility and you're just trying to crack a door open. You don't have to go full VR to crack a door. You can do that through AR, most likely. I mean, some GMs may actually say, no, no, you have to be full VR. And to do that, you're going to have to, you know, interact with the system as a whole, as opposed to this is just the section that you need to break. Neither one is right. They're both right. And therefore, kind of a point to argue over that. Concession of flavor. Which one do you like more? Now, I think that is going to wrap up the player section here. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go straight into the Game Master section. Now, these, all of those other things that are above also apply for the Game Master. Now, there's a few other things that are for the Game Master mainly. Now, one thing that you really have to take into mind as the GM is you need to incorporate into your descriptions the AR world. Things that you can describe in both the physical and the AR. Now, we're going to do an example. There is a, we're just going to have an average dude with a comlink, and he's hanging out on a monorail platform. We're going to set that stage. Now, that stage being set, what exactly does the monorail platform look like? Well, there's, let's say there's 14 people on the platform. Three look like gangbangers. The rest of them look like your average citizen, except for there's two that look very much like wage slaves. And, of course, there's the player character, who is Joe Blow, the not-hacker comlink user. Make him whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. Now, that being said, now the physical world, you have, yes, there are 14 people on the platform. Three of which are gangbangers. Which gang? Now, is it just because they look like gangbangers, or is it because they actually are gangbangers? You need to make that decision. Now, that's fairly easy to do. The physical world is easy to describe. You literally describe exactly what everyone would see with their normal sight, 
smell, because I'm going to tell you something, folks. Memory is tied to smell. It's a fact. If you can draw up the memories and what something smells like, your memories will be more vivid and more clean. So you have vision, memory, um, smell. You have the the way the air feels. You can have taste because, I mean, honestly, who really wants to wonder what the taste of the air in 2050 actually is? It could be, you know, and use really descriptive words, things like accurate and stuff like that. I mean, now these are, of course, just the physical things. But that's not really what we're talking about. What you also need to remember is that you need to describe the AR. Now, does Joe Schmo have his own comlink on and running wild? Because if it's on and pulling in everything, well, there are banners with ads and stuff like that all over the place. Now, those ads are paper ads that are actually hanging. When you look at it through AR, what if they're not? They Now they can take on a three-dimensional quality that actually moves and interacts. So what started out as a very flat image can now in AR become a three-dimensional display of, say, it's a new movie. So they're showing action scenes out of the next movie that's coming out. Um... If it's for a new product, it's somebody enjoying that product. You can have, like, entire TV commercials in the AR tagged on RFID tags. And those will then display all of the information that somebody's stuck on them and placed it in the real world. Then, when they see it through AR, that becomes this whole blooming description of the world. Now, also what you need to do is, as the Game Master, you need to figure out if places in the world are completely and totally AR, and if there are places where there have there is none. Is there a bar that refuses to change over? They don't have their menu as part of wireless network that when you walk in, you, you know, you send a message to the bartender telling him what you want, you actually have to interact with the bartender or the barmaid, you know, or a waitress that walks around and actually takes your order. Now, those are also going to be more common in higher-up places because they can afford to hire people just to come in and have a social interaction with people. But there could also be a little podunk bar that just can't afford to change over so they have a person that actually comes in and works the crowds and brings drinks to people and stuff like that now the next thing we are going to talk about is going to be matrix havens now what exactly are those well mainly matrix havens are nexuses uh like shadow nexus nexuses uh, things like the Hidden Grid. Also, other things such as Shadowland. Any of those can apply to, you know, the Matrix. They're they're used they're used every day by Shadowrunners. 
So those matrix havens, you want to have one or two laying around that people can use. Now, there's also going to be things such as targets. Now, targets can be corporate enclaves. You could have corporate facilities, um, any of those things. There is a great, great book. And I highly recommend that if you can find it, get your little grubby paws on it and don't let it out of your sight. And that book is Target Matrix. Target Matrix is an excellent book. There's all kinds of information on the VR world and everything else that the Matrix uses. Now, it's a third edition book, but you can use most of it. Now, in addition to all of that, you also have the new things that are going to be discussed in the Unwired book, for those of you that actually use that book. Now, all of that being said, there is tons and tons of stuff in the Unwired book. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to save that because I'm going to actually use that as a review today. Yes, this entire episode is devoted to nothing but the Matrix and the unwired world that we live in. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break for a promo. Come back. We're going to do the short topic, which is going to be websites that I find useful. We're going to do the review. And then we're going to call that a show, folks. So... Here we go, and I'll be back in just a few minutes. This Modern Death, a podcast about traditional games, indie games, and segways. Is that a segway, Randy? You, you know, it's not a segway if you point out that we segwayed from one topic into the next. In fact, that is not a segway at all. But, but on the paper, it, it, that's it, the it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's, it doesn't matter what's on the paper at all. Everybody's mean to me. Find us on the web at www.thismoderndeath.com. Okay, and welcome back. Now, what we're going to talk about is some of the websites that I have found over the internet that I use fairly regularly for ideas or house rules and a number of other things. Now, we're going to start out with just, I'm going to run down the list. I will include links in the show notes so you can go to any of these and check them out for yourself. Now, some of the, I actually have a real world one here that I'm going to use first and then I'm going to go into some of the others. Now, the first one is going to be Gizmodo. For those of you that are at all interested in tech, Gizmodo is a great site. It is updated constantly. I don't think I've ever seen a website that actually got updated faster or more often, except for maybe Twitter. But, that being said, now there's also the Hacker Handle Generator. This is really useful if you want to come up with street names for characters and you're not really sure what to use or how to do it even. This can be a way to come up with some really neat hacker names. Now, in addition to that, there is the Hoosier Hacker House, the Dumbshock Forums, which is a great place to meet people as well as hash ideas out over their forums, as well as 
our forums, you can do the same things there. Also, there is the Shadowrun main site. There's another site called Big Knobby Club. Now, this one is much more old school, first, second edition. Not so much with the newer edition stuff. Next is going to be the Shadowrun resources page. There is the Sixth World Wiki. There is the Shadowrun Survival Guide. The Twin Cities Shadow Node. Shadowland 6. Now, these are just a few of them that I have bookmarked and use on a fairly regular basis. My advice would be for you to go out and just punch in to Google or something, Shadowrun Sites, and see what comes up. I'm pretty sure that you'll find quite a few. Now, I'm not going to keep this one real long just because we've got a really long review coming up, and I want to save my voice for as much of that as possible. So, we're going to call this done for now, and I'm going to go and start the review. The Unwired Review. For those of you that have been paying attention to what I've been saying, you're going to know that I've been talking about this book since I got my hands on it at Gen Con. I just recently finished it and have written the review. Now, it's a long review, so hold it tight with me, folks. All right, let's start with the cover. The artwork is not bad, but I don't really get the feel for the wireless in it. The book itself is sturdy and held up great to constant in and out of bags with almost no signs of wear. This is right on par for Catalyst. This is pretty much how they do most of their books. They're really high quality. Now, let's go straight into the interior. Just flipping through and the artwork and sidebars that you can see when you're flipping through. These look good and have a real wireless and AR feel to them. The chapter titles at the page edges were very useful for finding out where things are. There was a two and a half page table of contents, which was nice to see. It had all of the sections and subsections for each chapter even listed. I still hold that an index would be nice since there is so much new information in this book. Now it might seem silly, but I had Sean from This Modern Death ask me a question about how I saw a rule working. I had to ask him where it was in the book because it was hidden in a section that was not at all about what it was specifically. So it was kind of confusing to find things in there if you're looking for one small ruling or how something works. Now, let's look at the chapter titles real quick. And they are in order of Matrix Overview, The Matrix User, the Idiot's Guide to the Matrix, Matrix Topography, System Security, Hacker's Handbook, Software, Technomancers, Sprites, Matrix Phenomenon, SimSense and Skillware, and finally, Matrix Gear. I will be going at these in order for the review as I usually do. Now, with the Matrix Overview chapter, it is so full of little tidbits. Not much on any one subject, but also most of the things talked about in this chapter seem to get little or no coverage actually inside the book. I was hopeful that this would be a book that had lots about the wireless world from all perspectives. After this chapter was finished, most of the info talked about here ends here, which is kind of a shame. 
Now, the next chapter is the Matrix user. This was actually great and pretty damn useful. It broke in with how to make a hacker. It covered new qualities, both positive and negative, as well as a terrific sidebar on rules tweaks for the Matrix, which I found to be indispensable. And I will be using most of them, or ways of using most of them, somehow over the course of the entire time that I run this game. Now, the Idiot's Guide to the Matrix was pretty short and simple. It does help to get the basics of Matrix use out for the non-hackers in the world. That being said, it's pretty much like it says. It's an idiot's guide. It's not going to go into a lot of detail. Now, the next chapter was the Matrix Topography. This was probably the hardest chapter in the entire book to read. It reads like a textbook. A dry and boring textbook at that. Now, I'm no computer guy or network engineer. And I don't think most people are either. So there's not much need to go into the details like this chapter did. I think this would have been fine as a web extra, but not needed as a chapter in the book. I think that the Matrix rules not being grounded so firmly in the real world made it much more readable in earlier editions. There's also not much about topography. This feels more like how the matrix networks and users interact with, not how it's made up. And as far as I understand, topography is how everything's connected and how not so much how you interact with something. Now, I wish things in this chapter had been a lot less textbooky. I mean, no other book for Shadowrun goes into this much detail about how things work. Even the things like cyberware and guns, which are a big chunk of books. I mean, there's more put into this one chapter than I think any other chapter in the book. Now, the system security chapter does a really good job of adding intel about physical and matrix security. There is talk about encryption. Um, which I found very, very interesting. There was talks of alerts, with as well as spiders, and some sample spiders. There was some really neat IC, and some new sample ICs as well. In addition, there was system topography here. How to design a system with samples as well as security in action, and an example of how to lay out a security sheaf. Now, the next chapter was the Hacker's Handbook. This chapter was great for all your hacker uses. This has so many good ideas for how to play a hacker. Not just how to hack a system, but how to do other things like forging, spoofing, Things of that nature. Now, the tools of the trade cover some neat ideas. The art of war is how some of the cool things hackers can do that are not the normal, ordinary things that everyone assumes hackers to do. Now, in addition, there were also tricks for both hackers and riggers, 
with a bit of intel on EMP. The game info section details the mechanics as well as costs of things talked about in the chapter in much greater detail, which is useful as well. They did include in each chapter if there was game mechanic information that was actually included as an end part to that chapter where you could find it just by going through and flipping through each chapter. Now, the software chapter. The chapter on software is about advanced software rules covering ARE software, legal versus pirated software, how to verify software, new programs and actions all the way through to malware. The new programs were interesting and filled with some new ideas. The agent autosofts and program options for general hacking and simsense options in programs was neat too. The how to program software included some really neat, neat things like bugs in your programming that your character has actually written. In addition, there were viri, worms, and trojans with samples of each and how to do combat with them all. Finally, they talk about tactical AR software. I myself found this section wonderful and understandable for a change. I remember the first time this came out in, I want to say, the Shadow Tech book, or I think it was that one. Uh, in that, there was talk of tactical software. It was so hard to use that... As far as I was concerned, TACnets didn't even exist. I never told my players about them because they were so hard to use. Now, they're so usable and useful that anyone should be able to learn how to use them. Finally, the Technomancer chapter. This chapter is about Technomancers. How to create streams, submersion, sample networks, new echoes, advanced threading, and paragons. This chapter is about the advanced rules for the Technomancer, and it has so much to enjoy. And it actually now makes Technomancers make sense and be usable in the game. Now, the Sprites chapter covers all new Sprite rules, including new Sprites, including free Sprites and how they come to be as well as wild sprites. The chapter chapter is short, sweet, and to the point. There's not a lot of frivolous extra wording here. I think this is where they cut some of the wording that could have been really neat for descriptions and stuff like that. Now you have the Matrix Phenomenon chapter. This chapter actually covers things such as AIs in the Shadowrun world, ghosts in the machines, UV nodes, Resonance Wells and Resonance Realms, Dissonance and how it works surrounding Technomancers and the actual Mancers themselves that embrace it and come to be discordant in, as opposed to Resonant. Now, the SimSense and Skillware chapter. Okay, now my first problem with this was the chapter head was actually mislabeled. Instead of being SimSense and Skillware, 
it was actually labeled as sprites. I hope they get this fixed on other editions that they print. Now, this chapter, other than that, covers the history and how SimSense works legally and how to use brainwashing for it. There's a big section on skill wares and skill wires and how it's impacted the sixth world and its workforce because it's a whole lot cheaper to jack a chip into a guy than it is to actually sit there and train someone for months on end or send them to college. Now, the Matrix gear. This chapter is just pretty much a list of gear for hackers and general computer guys. It includes all the new gear talked about for the entire book all in one place. That's pretty nice. Uh, you can look in just one place and find it all. It's also scattered throughout the book. So if you can't find it in the book where you think it might be, just go to this chapter and it's probably there. Next is the tables. There were four pages of tables at the end. It has all of the tables from the entire book in one place. Now, that being said, my advice, go out, scan them, and print them out so that you can use them. Or photocopy them. Either one. Now, one big thing I would have liked to have seen was an index. But, there you go. You're not going to get that. So, here's what I go for the final wrap-up. I'm going to say that this one is going to get four bullets. I really, I'm even having a hard time giving it four. I think that this needed to be a little less textbook and a lot more made up stuff. I think that would have made it a little bit better and easier to swallow for most people. So even though I trashed an entire chapter or two, I feel the book was still pretty useful. I don't see any reason not to get, go out and get this book. It clocks in at $35, which is a little on the pricey side. But hey, what can you say? Go out and buy it, folks. You'll use it. All right, folks. Now, this is going to wrap us up for the evening. And that being said, I want to say thank you for all of you for listening and putting up with me coming out with stuff at a fairly slow rate right now. That should all be taken care of and we should get back on our first of the month release schedule. Now, in addition to that, I'm going to go ahead and I think this is going to be the end of the episode. So, we're going to say ciao, enjoy, and I'm going to leave you with, this is how to get in contact with us. You can, We have got so many ways that you can get in touch with us. Number one, you can come leave us a post on our blog, which is at www.hiddengrid.com slash blog. You can also come hang out at our forums, which are at hiddengrid.com slash forums. You can email us at hiddengrid at gmail.com and we also have a Skype, which is hiddengrid. And 
I think that's pretty much every way that you can possibly get in contact with us. So, enjoy, and remember, folks, there's many, many proverbs in the shadows, but the most important ones, conserve ammo, shoot straight, and never, ever deal with a dragon. Hidden Grid is released under Creative Commons 3.0, no commercial, no derivatives, U.S. license.